Hi everybody and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. In the news this week, Microsoft released the April 2018 update for Windows 10. There are some pretty cool features in there, like the ability to mute sound from a particular tab in your Edge browser, which is similar to what you can do today in other browsers like Safari. You can use a clutter-free printing option too within Edge to avoid printing things like pop-up ads or other things that might clutter a page and take up space when you're printing. Also announced Windows Mixed Reality for Steam VR is now out of early access. Windows Hello has been made a little more intuitive, allowing you to set up your face, fingerprint, or pin straight from your lock screen. If you've been following Microsoft in their Azure adventures in Office 365, you'll know they are actually looking more and more toward getting away from conventional passwords, so this is no surprise. You can now add 3D images and models easily into your pictures with Microsoft Photos. Cortana boasts more integrations with the likes of Spotify, Honeywell Lyric, and Total's Nest Thermostat E and more. There's also been new features and abilities added to the accessibility options. There's now better navigation in Windows Defender and even more information presented through the management pane than ever before. And also around the time of this release, the Win 10 18.03 80K was released. Which if you're like me and you're into Microsoft AppV for application virtualization, you'll want to know that there's an updated version of the AppV 5.1 sequencer contained within this ADK. In other news, I wanted to speak one last time about the Spectre and Meltdown updates because frankly, I'm tired of talking about it, but I couldn't let this pass by. The excellent Trend and Ty recently posted an amazing in-depth blog post showing metrics on performance differences between patching Spectre versus not patching Spectre in a ZenApp 6.5 farm and got to the absolute bare bones of what actions and processes are worst affected. I don't want to give too much away, but he shows the biggest hit is certain registry calls and gets into the specifics around that and more, so check that out. I didn't put this as a script trick or tip this week because it's a continuation of a news story which has been covered on multiple previous episodes of this podcast. Of course, if you've been keeping up, the last update I gave was that Intel released the final microcode updates. At this point, people are either applying the Spectre fix and patching, or opting to not apply the fix and continuing to patch without addressing the underlying problem. You'll likely know which of these you're currently doing, and if you're on the fence right now, these metrics in this article can help further inform your future decisions. So good luck with that. This week, Citrix gave a little bit of a teaser for their upcoming Synergy event by announcing they plan to announce that Workspace Environment Management is coming to Citrix Cloud. If you're not familiar with WEM, it's a really awesome product in the Citrix tool belt. It provides instant and easy to configure performance improvements for any environment through its sensible process management and prioritization features as well as the ability to integrate your current VMware Persona Profile, UPM, or Citrix Profile Management into the WEM interface, among many other capabilities such as mapping drives, presenting shortcuts, and so much more. It really is a great tool. I'll likely cover this a little more next week after the official announcements. Cisco has announced its intent to acquire a company. That's not a company, as in any old random company. 
it's actually named a company. And they currently provide AI-driven intelligence into tracking leads, finding new prospects, managing existing relationships, and everything in navigating the selling process and business relationship maintenance cycles. It looks like this could be injected into Cisco's growing productivity suite of products, with them doubling down in recent times with products like the Cisco Spark Suite getting a lot of attention. You can't walk through an airport in the US right now without seeing signs for Zoom and Cisco Spark. It's awesome to finally see some renewed competition and innovation in this space. I hope this acquisition leads to even greater features and great products going forward. Three years ago, Google paid about $25 million to gain the exclusive rights to the .app app top-level domain. The company has now made .app domains available to register running through May 7th at 9 a.m. Pacific via Google's Early Access Program. And then on May 8th, the domains will go on sale for the general public, including through other registrars. The .app domain should prove pretty popular for developers. In addition to the expected demand, Google is requiring HTTPS for all .app websites. In a previous episode, I mentioned Google's change of policy when indexing sites in its search engine to give HTTPS sites higher ranking than those without. Google noted last fall that 64% of traffic through its Chrome browser on Android was protected, up from 42% the year before. Chrome traffic on Mac was up to 75% and on Windows up to 66% at the same time. So they're really leading the way in advocating for a secure internet. This week, FS Logics took advantage of a webinar on the great zenappblog.com to announce its new product called CCD, or at least that's currently the code name. CCD or this cloud cache allows profile and office container data to be stored in multiple storage locations or products at once, including local device, traditional SMB shares on premises, and public cloud storage providers to enable storage continuity. During the webinar, there was a pretty intriguing slide suggesting by combining their cloud cache product with OneDrive, for example, you could potentially expand your current standard 500 gig storage on your PC today to one terabyte or one and a half terabytes or more of storage, which is made seamlessly accessible and in sync with your user data by evolving their already great FSLogix profile containers into a more portable solution, for want of a better word which can cache on your local device for offline work and then just sync on reconnection, which as stated, helps with continuity of that user data roaming. The preview of Cloud Cache will support SMB shares with the local cache on the device initially during the tech preview, which is due at the end of May. It is planned to introduce cloud providers at a later stage such as Azure, Amazon, and others, but which ones will be very much based on demand from customers and partners. So if you see a need for this in your environment today, you may want to reach out to FSLogix on this. On last week's episode, I talked a little bit about VMware vSphere 6.7 being released. Well, this week, VMware vSphere 6.5 Update 2 has been released, which includes some features which have been introduced in 6.7 but have now been backported into this version which is pretty cool of VMware. Some of the features listed include 
vMotion and cold migration of virtual machines across vCenter server version 6 update 3 and later also including VMware Cloud on AWS. There's also some new TLS configuration and security abilities. For a complete list of features, go over and check out the VMware blog for more. And now for this episode's hot job. This week's hot job is a senior Citrix engineer position with Kroger out of their Blue Ash office in Ohio outside of Cincinnati. The right candidate will need to have at least four years of experience, ensure adherence to architecture standards and roadmaps, design and successfully implement overall infrastructure and middleware components for each project with the infrastructure teams, meet SLAs, follow appropriate change release management, uh, help evaluate vendors' technical and support capabilities, provide technical leadership on establishing standards and guidelines, provide mentorship, so typically what a senior Citrix engineer would do, frankly. This is a full-time position, so this should be pretty attractive to a lot of uh, folks out there. And as always, I provide links for everything I reference on each episode of the podcast, so just check out the YouTube description for this episode or go to my site, RoryMond.com. And now for this episode's Scripts, tricks, and tips. This week features a really great free community tool. In fact, it's one of my favorite AppV products. It's called AppV Scheduler. And AppV Scheduler 2.6 has now been released. Honestly, there wasn't too much to improve upon from 2.5, but you can find a full list of enhancements at Bram Wolf's blog or at the AppV Scheduler release blog. The standouts for me are the UI redesign, which looks great, and also the machine start management feature. Today, I actually use AppV Scheduler in my Citrix PVS environment. I have the AppV5 client installed with the AppV Scheduler agent alongside. I run it in an unmanaged mode with AppV shared content store mode enabled, and apps set to publish on startup. So when I boot my PVS boxes, the agents look at my AppV content share containing all of my AppV apps and publishes all of those apps to all of my RDSH boxes. I can then use the central view tool, which now has an improved redesigned UI, to manage the apps in real time, removing an app from a single server, from a group of servers, or even from all of my servers instantly. Or I can initiate a deployment of a new app or create a new connection group or update connection groups. It's really awesome and really, really powerful. In my opinion, there is no better way out there to manage AppV applications in an RDSH or VDI environment. And if you've got PVS like me, it's a perfect solution, particularly now with the new feature that I mentioned for the machine start management, as there's an option to automatically take the machine out of maintenance mode when the AppV cache has been fully loaded. That ensures your Zen App session hosts are not accessible for your users to launch applications off of until all the apps have been cached and all the applications are available. That's going to make my life a bit easier, so good job by the AppV scheduler team for that. And that's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening.